it's not too late. I, I want to challenge everybody to take at least one Jesus Day card with you today and find one kid and give them that card. If you can get one kid to come here, you may just be changing the eternal destiny of that one person. That's how important that invite is and how important it is and what we're doing. We're not just doing this for a fun day with the kids. Yes, that's part of it because God is about having a good time. But ultimately our goal is to change the eternal, eternal destiny of a child's life and seal the deal for them that they're going to spend eternity with Christ and be a victorious Christian upon this earth their whole life versus some of us who had to wait a little while to get it right and suffer for, through life. So, And then John Tash is going to hang out with us on Sunday morning as well and preach. So don't miss that opportunity. Be here for Jesus Day. And then obviously come Sunday morning as the guy always has an interesting, wild, awesome, exciting message to share with us. So... Those are kind of where we're at and what we got going on. If you got questions, come see me afterwards, and we'll talk about that. If you haven't been told where you're at, come see me afterwards. We'll get that going. So go ahead and... Yes, so yeah, even our preschoolers and everything we will have in here following Sunday morning. Obviously, John Tash is geared towards children and children's ministry. So, And I, I assure you, even the toddlers in here will not be bored. So... We will have everyone in this service. We'll still have nursery for the, for the little, little ones, but we'll have everyone in that service. So as you come next week, don't wonder why we're not allowing you to check your children in. We just we want everyone in-house for that service. So go ahead and stand up this morning. We'll get ready for service. So I just, I just want to encourage you. Let's shake off the day, shake off the week, shake off everything, and let's use this opportunity to be of one mind, of one heart, united in spirit to worship the one true God. Heavenly Father, we invite you this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Without you, the teacher, the helper, we would be lost in worshiping our creator. So Holy Spirit, I invite you this morning to come and move and have your way. Make this service an opportunity for us to be forever changed by your grace, by your spirit, by your word. So Holy Spirit, come and have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Put that slide up about praise.
Lift every voice in a heavenly song. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Lift every voice in a heavenly song. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Oh, Jesus, our King. Jesus, our soon-coming King. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, to move upon us corporately and individually today. We give you, Father, glory, honor, and praise. I want to read to you a scripture that the Spirit of God quickened to me. This morning, and it's from Malachi, and it's chapter 3 and verse 2, which states, But who can endure the day of His coming? And who can stand when He appears? For He is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. See, in this hour, God is purifying you and I. Because the pure in heart will see God. So if you have a desire to see God and see God move in these last days, then it's vital that we work on purifying our hearts. And only you can do that. Only I can do that. We thank you, Father, that you are the purifier. And we desire at Harvest Church to see you 
and experience your glory and your manifested power. And so, Lord, this morning, I consecrate and dedicate my life to You. I desire my heart be pure, holy, and consecrated. And let that be the heart's cry of every individual in this room. For it's by Your grace that You purify. And so we thank You, Spirit of grace, that You're moving on this people in this hour. Separating us from the world. For the world has nothing to offer You. But I have everything for You through My Son and all that He has done to redeem You. So allow My holy fire to purge You and burn away the chaff and cause You to be a separated, sanctified people, vessels of honor, prepared for every good work. For I hear the Spirit of grace say, Get ready. Get ready. Prepare your hearts for that which is to come. Purify your hearts by keeping My Word, abiding in My Word. Purify your hearts by allowing My Spirit, the Spirit of grace, to take over every area of your life. Draw near to Me in this hour, and I will draw near to you. Allow My fire to burn in you. We worship You in this house this morning, Holy One. And I pray, Father, for everyone here today that we would yield our members, yield ourselves to You in the days ahead. Little by little, yielding up our lives to You. Not just Jesus as Savior, but Jesus as Lord of your life. Ask yourself, is He Lord of your life? Only you can answer that. He must be Lord in these last days. We worship You. We glorify You. Say this with me. Not my will. But Father, Your will be done. Spirit of grace, work in me. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Father. You're separating us in this hour from all that defiles. Lord, we purpose to keep our eyes on You. Set our affections upon You. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Only You. And that is our heart's cry. We want You. We want to know You.
Holy Spirit intimately. Our comforter, our strengthener, our advocate, our helper, our intercessor, and most important, our friend. We love you, Holy Spirit. Say that. I love you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Move in my heart. Move in this church. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The new devotionals are in. They're in the back. They, these cost us about $3, so if you can help with those, if you want them, um, you can just put the money in the offering envelope. We thank you for that. I'm going to read to you two scriptures this morning. You can just let me read them to you. The first one is in Revelation chapter 19, verse 5. It says, Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. The definition for service here is, in this case, it is voluntary in which a person willfully offers obedience, devotion, and loyalty. This was a big week. Next week is going to be a big week. And I just want to thank you for all that you've done this week for the kingdom of God. And I thank you ahead of time for all that you're going to do to serve God this upcoming week. The other scripture I want you to want to read to you is in, and I read it last week, in Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor your, my righteous cause, and let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I keep going over the prosperity part because we have to make sure that it goes from our head to our heart, that God wants us to be blessed and wants us to be a blessing. We have to have faith, understanding, and the mindset that God blesses his servants. Yes, persecution comes for the word's sake, but God blesses his servants. Because you're not only his servants, but you're his sons and daughters. And a good father always makes sure that you're taken care of. So I want you to make sure that you put your faith and your understanding and know that when you do the will of God, and do your best to serve God, He is going to bless you. So, ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Amen. I'm glad you're here today. Are you glad you're here today? Then notify your face that you're glad that you're here today. Amen. We're on a series. I don't know how much longer we're going to be on this series about the anointing. And uh, it's sad that most Christians don't discern and recognize the presence of God. Because God the Father desires to manifest His presence. You know, I was raised in, in the Methodist church and denominational church and we had no understanding of, of the anointing or the presence of God. And 
I'm so glad that I got born again, filled with his spirit. And he sent me on an adventure, and I've been on this adventure, and some of you have too, a long time. But I'm going to tell you something. God's presence and his anointing in the days ahead is going to get stronger. And we've got to learn what we can do to work with the Spirit of grace. So that presence is manifested in a greater way. And, and one of the things that we, we, we've looked at from Second Chronicles 5, we said there's three ingredients for God's glory to manifest. Sanctification or holiness. And we said that's, that's a, 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 it take, it's progressive. It takes time for us to deal with our flesh, purify our hearts. Then we, we talked about unity and we've talked about praise. And I, I'm glad that, that statement up there, Praise is an invitation for God to enter the sanctuary. I said last week there are people that will lock on your door and you'll just say, Come in! And then there are some people you just soon have them stay outside in the garage. Um, right? You just don't let everybody in, do you? But when you get to know someone intimately and you trust them and you know all they want for you is good, then come on in. And that needs to be our heart's cry on Sunday morning. Come on in. Amen. Praise prepares, praise prepares a place for God to manifest His presence and power. Praise from a heart filled with gratitude is the responsibility of every believer. And praise releases God's glory. It's that simple. Now, Psalms 22, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you. Psalms 22.3 states, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest, 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 inhabits the praises of his people. I'll be honest with you, when the anointing's on me, I just get a little wonky. So if my speech, my boys think, you know, I had a stroke. No, I didn't have a stroke. It's the anointing. And the anointing gets on you, it, it, it affects you. Amen. So let me say that again. This is King James, which I don't use, but I wanted the word inhabit. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of his people. Here's New King James. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Say enthroned. See, inhabit or enthroned, it means to remain, to stay, to abide. The message translation says, Leaning back on the cushions of Israel's promise. We want God to come into Harvest Church on Sunday morning and lean back on the cushions and get comfortable and stay put. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you some preventative medicine today. And I alluded last week to this subject. But this is so important because this affects the presence of God. So I'm going to, uh, let me read to you from the Amplified. I'm going to start with this verse, and we're going to end with this verse, and I like it in the Amplified. But this morning, I'm going to talk to you about your responsibility. Say, my responsibility. See, everyone has a responsibility to come into this place and learn how to worship. Everyone has a responsibility. Every believer has a responsibility to guard the faith, the unity. Everyone here has a responsibility to deal with their flesh, be sanctified and holy. So Amplified says it this way, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, verse 1, Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. I like that. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony. Say, guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. You and I have a responsibility to come together in holiness, unity, and praise. Only then will there be a strong manifestation of the corporate anointing. Now, listen to this statement I'm about to say to you. And understanding, say understanding, of the importance of holiness, unity, and praise will protect the body 
of believers against the enemy's attacks. An understanding of the importance of holiness, unity, and praise will protect the body against the enemy's attacks. Now, I had someone yesterday, I was talking to them, and they said, the truth will set you free. And I said, yes, it does. It's the knowledge of the truth that sets you free. So you can have a, an under, you know, have understand maybe, well, yes, praise is important, unity is important, holiness is important, but if you don't understand the nuts and bolts, if you don't have a desire to dig down a little deeper, you're not going to have a clue about those three subjects. So you and I really have to work at understanding the importance of praise, understanding the importance of unity. It's so important. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. See, Satan can take advantage of a people that do not understand the importance of holiness, unity, and praise. He'll, he'll just... Take advantage. He'll come in. And that's why so many churches, have, they, they have strife issues and contention and they don't get along and they complain and they argue and they bicker and they murmur. And then the Spirit of grace can't flow. The Spirit of God cannot manifest His presence. He can't. And He won't. We have to make sure that we understand how our enemy works. It's that simple. Know the tactics. Know the devices. Really, if you look at this, Rick Renner said it the best. Devices means mind games. Satan will play games with your mind. Well, pastor looked at me, but he didn't say anything. You don't love me anymore. I need to find another church where the shepherd will love me and stroke me. Nice sheepy. Nice sheepy. We get miss so many problems in the church are from misunderstandings and not knowing each other. You know, Julie's known me for years. She knows how I'm wired. I know how she's wired too. But see, love will make, you know, room for those areas in our life, our character flaws, our personality quirks. It will. That's why we as, as a church body in the days ahead, we've got to, we're going to have to put up with some things. Things are changing. Things are not going to be the same in the church, especially the church that wants to go on and accomplish great things for God. Yesterday, I was, I was honored in, that they asked me to give the, the invocation at the, at the Republican thing at Divots. And somebody said they even let you do it twice. But if, I, if it were me... Politics is the last thing I'd be involved in. Go figure. Here we were sitting at a school board meeting on Monday night. My flesh did not want to sit there three and a half hours. Neither did some of you. But you did it. And we won the victory. See, God is calling His people out of the boat where it's comfortable, where it's safe. Christianity, Christianity in the days ahead will not be comfortable. This is not a comfortable church. And if you're going to accomplish anything for our God, you better get rid of that mindset of being comfortable. Look at your neighbor and say, you look too comfortable. Satan's devices, his, the way he plays mind, game, mind games, 
Have you ever heard that? Mind games. Mind games include unforgiveness, strife, accusation, misunderstanding, discontent, or complaining. We're going to talk about complaining today for a few minutes. Don't complain. We need to understand that's how the enemy works. Now, look at Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. I'll go through here and give you a few scriptural examples. Let me ask you this. How many of you complained this week? How many of you didn't? I can believe you. That hand that went up. Dustin raised his hand. you got to know him. He's different, and I love him. I love his attitude, his hunger for God. I'm trying to remember if I complained this week. I probably did. Did I? I did? About you? Oh, well... Steve just, I can tell, I read Steve's mind. Don't even try. Listen to this. This is the nation of Israel in Numbers. I'll just read this first paragraph. It says, when the people complained, say when the people complained, what did it do? It pleased God. It displeased God, for the Lord, what? Heard it. Now that right there, I could stop this message and we could all go home. If you would get down, write it down, that God hears you when you complain. God hears me when I complain. And some of us are so good at it, we don't even realize we do it. Because it's just a natural outflow of our existence. It's what we do best. I'm good at it. And it's going to be hard for some of us, but I'm going to tell you something. We better learn how not to complain in the days ahead. And I'm as guilty as you, so don't look at me like I'm coming at you as holier than thou, because, no, I have to deal with this too. The people complained it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. And what happened? His anger was aroused. His anger was aroused. Now, I looked that up in the Hebrew. It means his nose grew hot. And all I could picture was a a bowl. B-U-L-L, bowl. That's a a whole other thing. They make fun of me because my words sometimes, they say bowl or bowl. I just get them all confused, but that's why I spelled it out. B-U-L-L. Have you ever, you, you, you go to a, you, you see a raging bull that's angry, and the matador's got the, the red cape, and he's blowing smoke out of his nose. He's angry. That's what this is talking about. You know, God can get angry. He can. So that, that's what it, it says. His anger was aroused, so the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now that kind of fire I don't want to be in. That's judgment. I don't want that. Do you? Uh-uh. It says his nose basically grew hot. Now, what can happen is, how many have ever gone through some difficult times? How many would say with uplifted hand, my whole life's been difficult? <laughs> God will use those difficult times to refine you and I. He'll allow you and I to go through some difficult scenarios, circumstances, and situations to find out. You, he doesn't need, he knows your heart. But sometimes we don't even know our heart. But those difficult times 
will help you recognize you've got to grow some more. We're all in the process of spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. Look at, look at Psalms 106. You're not going to like this one. So if you don't want to turn there, that's fine. Psalms 106. We're talking about the nation of Israel. They complained. They didn't get enough, the right kind of food that they had in Egypt, so they complained. They were growing tired. They didn't have the water. On and on and on and on. And God just basically had his fill. But you know, God's grace always came through. He forgave. He was merciful, wasn't he? Aren't you glad God's merciful with you? Where would you be today if it wasn't for his mercy? Amen. Psalms 106, verse 24, it says, Then the nation of Israel, they despised the pleasant land. They despised the pleasant land. That means they rejected. They disdained it. They regarded it as unimportant or worthless. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe His Word. Now look it. But what? But complained where? See, complaining always starts at home. Because you feel safe and comfortable and you can do it. You, we, we've complained all the we at home, we'll sit out on the deck and we'll complain for a while, then we'll realize that isn't faith. That's not God. Now, I know not anyone here today has ever complained. Right? But Israel complained. And it started at home and it says they did not heed the voice of the Lord. They did not heed the voice of the Lord. They did not believe His word. They did not heed His voice. They complained in their tents. There's a scripture in Hebrews 3.15. It says, today if you will hear His voice. How many want to hear His voice? Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And that's what we're just referring to here. Israel and how they rebelled. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So do you recognize that hardened hearts... Well, let's just say it this way. Shall I say, say, Pastor, say it the way it is. Say that. Okay. I will. Complaining is just the fruit... Of a hardened heart. Should I go on? Thank you. Listen, I'm. I have to deal with it too, and we have issues in our heart. But if you're complaining all the time, it's a sign that your heart—you've got heart problems. It's a sickness, spiritual sickness. Sobering, isn't it? A sobering thought to know if you complain. So now, in the days ahead, once you complain, what are you going to remember? You've got a heart issue. But thank God for First John 1 9. If we confess our complaining, If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us. Why don't we just say it the way it is? If we confess our complaining, He'll forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That just came to me. That was pretty revelatory, I thought. If we confess our complaining. Now, I believe it's alright to state a problem. It's scriptural to state the problem. Once you discover the problem, find the solution. And then confess the solution. State the answer which is in the Word of God. Nate gave this to me. He hears from God. At least Scott thinks you do. 
I do. I believe in your gift. He'll hand me things he gets from the Spirit of God, and I'll look through them. Sometimes I'll read them, and sometimes I don't. i got a stack. I keep every one of them. But I'm going to read this one to you, and this was given to him on July 26th at 2.30 in the morning. Strange. You want to hear it? Okay. Disobedience hardens hearts. Disobedience hardens hearts. Renew your minds daily is a command. Not following my commands is disobedience. Ever wonder why I cannot speak to you like you think I should? Is your mind renewed? If not, could it be that in your disobedience you have hardened your heart to me? So if you can't hear the voice of God, maybe there's a heart issue. Maybe there's some disobedience. Whatever you've chosen to obey, that you have made your God over me. Obeying anything other than my word is disobedience. Now this is good. Now listen. Are you listening? Even listening to my prophets and teachers without renewing your mind to my word is still out of order, which is disobedience. Isn't that good? And this hardens your heart. I want to read that one again. Even listening to my prophets and teachers on YouTube (laughs) without renewing your mind to my word is still out of order, which is disobedience. And this hardens your heart. So if you're not renewing your mind daily to the Word, what are you in? Disobedience. And what's the result? Hardened heart. And what's the result of that? You don't hear God. Now listen to this. Not tithing is disobedience. Most of you that have been here through the years have been taught Tithes, offerings, and alms. Not tithing is disobedience. Now listen to this. Sowing offerings without the tithe is from an area of a hard heart. So I will never command an offering without without allowing you to first bring back my tithe. So if you're not tithing and you're just throwing in an offering, God can't bless it. I think that's good. Well, we'll just put in our token $10 this week. Well, whoop de doo all day. It's not going to do anything for you. Or your financial situation. Or your future. If you're not tithing first, offerings will not make a difference. Boy, I think that is, that is so important. If you're here today and you're not tithing, get your... In a, get your poop in a group. How's that? I can say that. Get your act together. You want to be used of God in these last days? If you can't even obey to tithe, you're not going to be used. You're going to be on the bench. And you'll remain on the bench until Jesus comes. And hopefully you'll go home with him. Because if you're not tithing, it's disobedience. And disobedience is sin, and God can't bless you or even the offering you sow if you're not tithing. See, these are messages that don't really win the hearts of a lot of people. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to hear that. But we have to because in these last days, the churches that will grow... And produce for the kingdom will be churches that pr- produce and preach the truth. Don't compromise. I'm not saying this, is, this isn't a perfect church by far because I'm sure not the perfect preacher. And you're not the perfect believer. But if we'll come in agreement, you know, around these things that he, the Spirit of God's trying to get across to us, His grace is sufficient. His grace will propel us into the future. And we will do great things for God. 
Sowing offerings without the tithe is from an area of a hard heart, so I will never command an offering without allowing you to first bring back my tithe. An offering without the tithe is nothing more than sowing your seed on stony, stony ground because of your hard heart. I desire obedience more than sacrifice. Tithing is obedience. Offering is sacrificial obedience. And your heart is soil for seed to take root. Sow to soften the soil of your heart. Obedient soil will grow that seed and you shall produce. This scripture came to me this morning like the one from Malachi and it's in 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 22, and it fits right here. It says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. So, obedience has something to do with purifying your... keeping your heart right. So, I thank you, Nate. That was very good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If I just read that today, it sure it would have been enough. Now look at Acts 6, and we'll close. If you're here, the first time close means there's probably another hour, but that's all right, no. No. This is, I'm going to end with this because this is so important. If you've decided to make this your home church, if this is, if you know this is where God's called you to be, then this, this will, this is a warning. Say, warning. This is a warning. Flies are all over me. I should have showered. Do you notice flies have been bad lately? Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was The number of the disciples was, what's that mean? They were growing. This church is, this church is, okay. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying there, there arose, say arose, a what? A complaint. So what happens when you're when you're what happens when you have a family and you have like ten kids? You will have a lot of there arose moments. You don't need ten kids to have their arose, right, Blairs? I know there's some there are roses in your house. I'm not talking about a flower rose. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So when you grow, there's always going to be somebody that's not happy. Went to the, the Republican thing, and I worked so hard, I don't, I don't, I spent hours trying to get a short prayer, sometimes it's hard to get a short prayer. Because I'll tell you what, the Republican Party needs long prayers. And so I gave a fairly long prayer, somebody thought, and looked at me and said, I thought we were going to get a sermon. Rick, Rick thought I was going to give a sermon. Yeah. And I looked at him and said, oh, Rick, I love Rick. I thank God. He was the behind the scenes. A lot of work for that convention was Rick. But I got up and gave the prayer, and, you know, people look at you. It's not like here. It's not like here. That's all I'm going to say. The next morning, she says, You better whittle that next one down a little bit. Which I kind of taken back. Well, I whittled it down. I left the, the word out. Remember I told you the word? The word I was going to speak was this party needs to quit being so cerebral and be led by the Spirit. But I figured some of them are all cerebral and they don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So I cut that word out of there. 
But what I, what I would have loved to have done was stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority and I bind the spirit of strife and contention over this party and I loose the spirit. But I didn't. And she said, you gave them the word, so maybe they'll ask me back. But it's the truth. It's the knowledge of the truth. It's the word that sets us free. So there arose. So in the days ahead, we're going to have to make sure here at Harvest Church, as we grow... In fact, I'm going to say this to you. If you hear somebody here in the church complaining, put them in their place. I mean, if you're talking to somebody who goes to church here and they start complaining, say, remember that one sermon? That's all you need to say. Just say, remember that one sermon. And you know what? That should take care of it. Now, you can use that as a father. And you're you're laughing. Because at home... Don't you love messages like this, sweetheart? (laughs) Listen. We're all works in progress. I'm no different than you. A couple more scriptures. Philippians chapter 2. You just let me read it to you. You don't need to turn there. Do all things without complaining. Is that enough? Do what? Some things? All things without complaining. Griping, murmuring. Ephesians 4, and I read this to you in the beginning. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit. Folks, at Harvest Church in the days ahead, believe you me, we're going to have to work work hard at that. You're going to have to work hard not complaining about what you're hearing behind the pulpit. I'm going to have to work hard at looking at you and complaining about what you're not doing. It's that simple. We all have something to do, don't we? We have an assignment from headquarters. Quit complaining. Oh, okay. He had to write this down. Guard against groaning as you are growing. Amen? Guard against groaning as you are growing. Because you know what? Sometimes you get growing pains. But it's part of growing. Okay, stand up. You and I can't complain, murmur, and grumble all week and come into this place on Sunday morning and expect God to inhabit our praises. I said that last week, but you didn't get it or hear it because you're too busy complaining. You and I can't complain, murmur, and grumble all week and come in here on a Sunday morning and expect God to inhabit our praises. And quit complaining that God's not meeting all your needs if you're not tithing. Our giving. God inhabits our praises, not our complaints. Praise builds up, complaints tear down. Complaining displeases God and reveals a lack of faith. So next time somebody here in church is telling you or complaining, just say, you have no faith. Well, we're going to win people over, aren't we? We're going to grow this church. Statements like that. Oh, I'm leaving. (laughs) Praise attracts God. Complaining attracts demons. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't need any... That was a great sermon. Because you know what? I know it was. Because it was the Word. 
And I know it was because I'm looking at your faces and you're all guilty. But you know what? We can learn to laugh. We can learn to say, I need to work a little harder. (laughs) We're all in that boat. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. It's alive. It's health. It's medicine to our flesh. It renews our minds. It gets us in position to receive from heaven. Lord, I've given your, Your Word today, and You said You'd watch over Your Word to perform it. Now, I don't want people to leave here under guilt or condemnation. Just realize, if you've been complaining, ask God's forgiveness and work harder at not complaining. Because our praise, our unity, our holiness will create an atmosphere, a place for God to manifest His presence and power. So, Father, I thank You. I thank You for Your anointing. I thank You, Lord God, the tongues of these people, these believers today, will not curse men and turn around and bless God. But their tongues will be used to speak words that will edify, encourage, and build up others in this hour. For those are the people that you can separate and bring together and use in these last days to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, anyone here? I I know um, uh, Laura's doing recovering. I think she was going to come home today from her back surgery. Anything else? Anyone here in your body need you need prayer? I don't like to be insensitive if you need prayer for your physical body. Okay, we're all good? All good to go? How many of you want a million dollars? Need raise your hand. Need a million dollars. I God isn't gonna give you a million dollars unless you repent of your complaining. So God something happened today. I think something happened here in all of us. God bless you. We'll see you tonight if you can make it out at Mascantine. It's 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 Mascantine, but it's Muscatine to me. Amen. God bless you.